Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. Every struggle we go through is a chance to use as a launching point to make ourselves stronger, to make ourselves more connected, and to make ourselves more joyful. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 216. Today, we're talking about gratitude with Carl Staub. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindful Mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Thank you so much for listening. I am so glad to be here with you. My goodness, what crazy times these are. Uh, This conversation was so powerful for me during these times as it keeps me coming back again and again to the power of gratitude in this time and has literally changed the way I've thought. So I'm so happy for you to be here for this conversation. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Carl Stabe, the author of Bring Gratitude, an expert in personal development, mindset, relationships, leadership, and motivation. And, you know, we're talking about gratitude, how it empowers us, how it makes our days brighter, how it positively impacts our relationships, and how to bring it into our lives in a much more meaningful way. So I want you to listen, you know, for the points that like all 
ancient wisdom traditions, they all point to gratitude and how it creates these dopamine boosts, which are this really amazing, infinitely renewable source of energy. And that a gratitude practice can help you become a more connected parent. It is so, so valuable. Before we dive in, I want to thank you for the amazing feedback on the Mindful Mama Daily Dose. I hope that is helping. We are trying to, my team and I are trying to keep going and, uh, and, and go forward. And also before we dive in, I want to let you know that I am opening one group of my Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching Group this month. It's a high level group of just very small amount of people to do some personal coaching with me. And, you know, are you, it may be for you if you can answer these questions, right? If you're, if you're ready to change, but you feel stuck in old habits, you know, are you taking out your frustration on your kids or your partner? Do you need a dose of accountability, clarity, and confidence? Then the Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching Group might be perfect for you. So this past year, I had the privilege of working intimately with 18 women in these different groups who celebrated really impressive wins like, you know, starting and sticking to a daily meditation and yoga practice, transforming self-doubt into self-acceptance and confidence, releasing old stories of not enough, not yelling at the kids for over two months, turning self-criticism into self-compassion, simplifying and decluttering the kid chaos, healing old hurts, finding and connecting to that inner mentor instead of the inner critic, speaking her needs to her partner skillfully, successfully doing win-win problem solving and letting kids solve their own problem and massively improving partner relationships. So these are things that can happen for you too. I know it's not for everybody. It's just for a small group of six people. There may still be some spots left as this airs. If you would like to get in on it, please visit mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. And maybe we can work together for the next five months to really transform this into a time of thriving. Imagine that. What a possibility. Okay, thank you. And let's dive into this episode on gratitude with Carol Stive. Carl, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, good. I'm glad to talk to you. I've been enjoying your book, Bring Gratitude, which I'm excited to talk a lot about gratitude today. I think it's so important considering what we're all going through. Um, and uh, just to give people some context, we're recording this uh, at the very end of March, and this is, we're all in like the second week of being shut in home. Uh, at least I am. I'm. My kids are all. We're all shut down, and for the next seven weeks, we know for sure. At least here in Delaware, which is a lot for me. But um, what's going on with you? How are how are what are your circumstances in this uh, this whole global situation? Um, so, uh, my, I live in Texas and we are shut down to, yeah, I think the end of April. Um, and then they'll reevaluate. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my mom staying with us. She's 73. And so we have two young boys and we're trying to keep them occupied as well as engaged. And, uh, it's been a challenge, but it's been a good challenge that, uh, um, I'm glad I have this opportunity um, to work from home and and uh, enjoy my kids 
throughout this experience and, um, you know, how we kind of well, do this together as a family. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely giving us a lot of, I'm sure there, we will all remember this later and, and it's giving us a lot of time together with our kids. I mean, I'm, I am appreciating that time together with my kids that I don't normally have. And, you know, there are sometimes I'm not appreciating it. <laughs> and <then> sometimes <laughs> I, you know, I am appreciating it and I get to bring the dog in and have, have her jump up on the bed and say, wake up Maggie and get, <laughs> get the dog all wiggling and waking up. The, and that's fun. So, so there definitely are some, some fun parts. So you wrote this wonderful book, Bring, Bring Gratitude. And I'd love for you to tell us uh, about you. I mean, from what I can gather, Carl, you, you're fairly obsessed with gratitude, and I and I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> 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 and I'm wondering how how this this strong interest, I'll call it, uh, came about in in uh, focusing on gratitude. So I struggle with depression um, for many years. I wrote a book called 92 Things to Do Besides Suicide in my mid-20s. Um, I, uh, I think the obsession started with uh, yoga. I realized I was so out of touch with my mind and body um, that I needed help. And so... Uh, after uh, starting a practice, uh, yoga, uh, starting at a yoga studio in college, I'm 43 now, so um, it's been over 20 years, um, and I realized I needed, I needed help, I needed uh, guidance, um, I sought a, a counselor, um, I deep dove into happiness, I had a, a website, uh, my fifth website. So I had like uh, mindandbodyblog.com. Uh, I had gethappy.com. I had workhappynow.com. <laughs> so I've been deep diving into this uh, stuff through uh, Buddhism, through uh, Christianity. I was raised Lutheran. Um, and so a lot of what, um, what has brought me to today was studying what truly works and what doesn't when it comes to living a joyful life and all the science um, and even the Stoics as well as um, Christianity and Buddhism um, always comes back to gratitude. And it's, it's age-old advice uh, that we forget every single day. <laughs> I forget to be grateful. Um, like you said, when my kids are driving me nuts and I'm like, I I have this meeting, like, I'm just going to put the TV on and I've got to go back to my meeting because my kids are like, well, what, what are we going to do next? And there's only, you know, you have to balance your time. And, and so um, by putting all this uh, focus in, uh, I started a gratitude journal um, back in 2011. It didn't stick. I tried again a couple years later, didn't stick. And it wasn't until 2016 that my father was passing and I was really struggling. Um, he was one of my best friends, um, just tough German. I mean, he used to swat bees with his bare hands because we had a pool and they used to nest by our pool and he's allergic to bees. So his, his hand would puff up and I, I looked at him like, you are crazy. Like, why don't you 
just go get a fly swatter like or why don't you get some spray and um but his attitude was like that bug is not allowed near my pool i'm gonna squash it um and so when i saw him in the <laughs> IC, when i saw him in the icu he was depressed he was bloated and i knew that most likely he wasn't going to survive and he didn't he died um a few weeks later and i was distraught and i knew that uh, i could talk to my mom i could talk to my wife uh, my brother i had uh, friends and family um but i am an introvert and i like to process things um, by myself. And so I went back to a gratitude journal and I was like, I'm going to stick with it for 30 days um, and just jot down anything that comes to my, my mind about being, you know, about my dad, about the situation, my feelings. And from then on, it stuck. So uh, I started, you know, as I jotted down these uh, gratitude um, entries, they started turning into little paragraphs little stories that i remembered about my dad like swatting bees i totally forgot about that until my gratitude um journal and i was like you know what this could turn into a book you know i've always i've always written um for blogs i've uh, always uh you know jotted i use poetry and notes as a way to process my thoughts so i thought you know a lot of people are going through struggle tough times and whenever we do, what do we have? What do we turn to? And unfortunately, a lot of people turn to complaining or, um, you know, get sad and they start um, binge watching uh, TV shows to kind of forget who they are and how they're feeling. And I want people to do the opposite. I want people to lean into those feelings, um, be grateful that they're there because this life that we have is precious and every moment that we have with our families, um, with ourselves, um, is something that we really need to embrace and, and try to make the most out of. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry about your dad's passing. I mean, it sounds like it's something that uh, that drove you to drove you to really kind of take this seriously, like heavy heavy events, um, driving you to to put it all in. And and the book is really lovely, and it's short readable passages. I've been reading it nightly before I go to bed. Actually, ironically, Carl, <laughs> I have had a gratitude journal since I was around 18 years old, off and on. And it's wonderful. It's like one of the first practices that I've ever did to help myself um, become more regulated and balanced and uh, it, it's been an incredible practice. And oddly enough, your book has actually kind of replaced my gratitude journal for the last couple of weeks. So I'm reading about you being grateful, but I, I like the way you talk about some things. You know, um, you, you say like, for example, I might think my, my stomach is a little upset. I have to buy some medicine to help me feel better. I hope this goes away. Kind of that kind of, kind of complaining way of thinking. But then you talk about maybe handling them from a place of gratitude. My stomach is a little upset and I have enough money to buy in acids to help me feel better, right? To, to really just focus on what it is we can appreciate and, and 
being aware of these thoughts. So this this book came out of a thirty day challenge for you. What's happened since then, though? Have you uh, have you been able to to keep your gratitude practice strong and, and thriving since then? Yeah, yeah, it's even deepened since then. Um, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of of uh, this the ability to feel grateful because it really comes down to mindset and how we look at things. And Zig Ziglar has a good quote that I'm always butcher, but the more we focus on looking for things that we're grateful for, the more that we have to be grateful for Mm -hmm. because we're, we're shifting the lens of how we look at things instead of, you know, looking at it maybe the same way we we always have or coming from a place of, of, you know, um, negativity or however, however we're looking um, in the moment, like right now, we're dealing with this coronavirus. We're locked in our house, and there's a thousand things to be complain about. You know, like uh, you know, our kids aren't in school, and um, it's it's taking up some time that I wish I could uh, put into my business or my career. Um, my uh, I'm shut in. I can't go places. I can't go to my favorite restaurants. There are thousands of things to complain about, but if we shift that lens and we can say, I can't go to a restaurant, but I'm so lucky that I have a working kitchen and I have food in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so lucky that I can hop on a call with my cousin in Pennsylvania, um, an old friend from college. Uh, You know, we have uh, this, you know, great technology called the internet that, you know, 30 years ago was pretty much non-existent. Um, and it can help us get through these tough times. There's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to look at, uh, shift our lenses and, and find ways to keep growing and keep connect, keep connecting in these tough times. And the more we can do that, the more we can understand, like, who we are and, and bring more of ourselves out into the world. And that's the, I think that transition, like when my dad was passing and I started back into my gratitude journal, I could have used it as a time to really kind of mope and get down. And I probably a few years earlier, I would have, cause I wouldn't have had the tools to really be able to focus on it or believe that this, that I could shift my, my, uh, perspective, um, but I use it as a launching point, and I think every struggle we go through is a chance to use as a launching point to make ourselves stronger, to make ourselves more connected, and to make ourselves more joyful. Absolutely, and to pass on better habits, right? To pass yes. on better habits. I was thinking you're saying like you were Lutheran, my dad. Grew, also grew up Lutheran. He, so he would probably say that you came by your d- depression in your 20s very honestly <laughs> through your upbringing. <laughs> Sounds about right, right? Yeah. Um, so, and I also appreciate like the way you're, with your writing, you're very honest about how this is a practice that you fail at all the time too. Like that, that we're not that great at it. You know, I was reading this passage to my husband and you said like um it's interesting how sometimes a similar lesson presents itself to me time and time and again but i can't seem to learn it 
I knew I was a bit thick-headed, but this needed to sink in sooner rather than later. You were talking about your stomach troubles. And I shouldn't be afraid of my upset stomach. I need to do a better job of watching and learning from my body. I also knew I shouldn't beat myself up too much about the issue. It's a common struggle one of many of us share. And so I, I just appreciated this kind of day-to-day little thing and taking this little thing that many of us that our habit is to our habit is to be negative because we all have a negativity bias this is just we come by that naturally and evolutionarily this is just part of our, the nervous system and our wiring that we're built with but taking that and and saying okay i've got this nervous system you know i you had depression in your 20s, you were raised in your, your Lutheran church. And so, but but you can turn this around with repeated practice, right? This is not, it's not like you're naturally like, everyone, let's be grateful and super <laughs> funny. But we can turn this around with repeated practice. It sounds like it is starting to become a stronger and stronger habit for you. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. We are all home in the house these days, so sleep is becoming so much more important. I found my husband the other day curled up in my daughter's bedroom with her yoga sleep noise machine on to help him sleep as a nap in the middle of the day. Sleep deprivation is something all parents, we all know too well, and this real restorative sleep is so crucial to overall health, yet it can be so elusive. Yoga Sleep has been making products for sleep for over 50 years and invented the Dome, the very first white noise machine. They know how to make trusted products that work. White noise is a natural approach to better sleep and relaxation, and Yoga Sleep makes sound machines for home, for travel, not that we're doing much of that these days, and baby. Yoga Sleep also makes other quality sleep products like the highly rated yoga bed mattresses and bedding, accessories. It's this whole one-stop shop for all things sleep-related. And the dome uses a soothing fan-based sound. It is the first of its kind. Check this out. This is my favorite sound in the 16-sound Wish noise machine. I love it. It is so relaxing to me. Yoga Sleep started in 1962 when the founder invented the original sound conditioner with a real fan inside and has been beloved by millions ever since. The products are backed by a 101-night promise, meaning you can try them risk-free, and many of the sound machines are assembled in North Carolina. So cool. So go to yogasleep.com hunter to save 20% off a sound machine for natural sleep for the whole family. That's yogasleep.com hunter to get 20% off. yogasleep.com hunter. Exactly. Yeah. And I still find myself going in the complaining mode, you know, like uh, my dog, I was in the middle of a meeting and my dog's like whining to go out. And I'm just like, you all morning, I was free, didn't have any meetings. And now you're whining when I'm in it. And so, but I can hear that voice inside my head. And I think what a gratitude journal has really helped me is connecting with that voice and connecting with all those thoughts that are going on that a lot of times we don't pay attention to. 
and those feelings we don't pay attention to. And I think that's where the vibrancy in life is all at. It's the day-to-day living. It's those little things. It's a sip of water. It's looking up into the sky at the clouds. It's getting a hug from your kid. You know, it's uh, seeing your kid in the bathtub and not just worrying about, oh, I got to go do the dishes next or I got to go and get this ready for work tomorrow or whatever it is. Um, It's being grateful for the opportunity to be in that present moment. And like I said, I'm always falling out of that, um, but I practice at it. And um, uh, I had a... So uh, I, uh, my dad was passing, I pulled into work. I remember he was getting weaker and weaker and I would call him each morning in the hospital to give him a joke of the day. And the joke was awful. I I totally forget the joke. Um, But I remember trying to keep it together as I told him this joke and he laughed because, you know, um, he laughed when I told him stories, even though they weren't that funny. He was just, just uh, wanting to be connected to me. And so as I pulled into the parking lot, um, I, I was sobbing and I, I composed myself. I went into work and as I was going into work, I was like, okay, you know, that, that fork in the road of like, I could hate this day and just be miserable or what can I do to make myself be more present and be, and find the little joys in it. So I started thanking everything that I could, anything that I saw, anything that I heard um, throughout my day, um, rustling of papers, uh, the clanking of dishes in the cafeteria, um, being in a boring meeting, you know, like, thank you, boring meeting for allowing me to be here and to be present, um, you know, and then I said, well, you know, thank you for allow- for noticing that this meeting's boring. Is this my fault? You know, and then I was like, thank you for noticing that I, that I'm realizing that I'm not fully engaged with this meeting. And so all, it, just this ripple effect of like, I, and it would be hours that went by where I didn't, but I'd see myself forgetting to thank stuff, thank my water before I took a sip. Uh, as I walked into a room, thanking each person as I walked into the room, it's a total mindset shift when you when you thank somebody and thank a group of people um, as you walk into that room. And it's all silently in my head. I'm not doing this out loud like a crazy person, <laughs> but the idea then is like you you're you're just putting so much focus on being thankful for what is right here before us and before myself that um, it was one of the best days I've ever had. And Mm. I was still sad because my dad was passing, but you know, it's, there's so many facets to our life. Um, We have kids, we have brothers, we have sisters. um, You know, we have so many things to be joyful for if we find the way to find the joy in it. Yeah. And, and that noticing that just becoming present in itself, right. Then that's a big part of it is just simply being in, in, in engaged. I mean, I think sometimes I think that about like, um, 
like movies, right? They just engage us, our, our senses enormously. But if we do just engage, and that's part of what makes them so enjoyable, right? But if we just even engage our senses fully in something really small or really tiny, like the, the buds that are starting to leaf right now, if we can fully engage our senses, that that does bring us peace and, and joy and happiness. You, you're, you're thanking everything in your day. It reminds me of in... Um, We've gone, my family has gone to the, uh, a family mindfulness retreat at the Blue Cliff Monastery for a number of years. And uh, in the monastery there, they have, everywhere you go, they have little reminders. Like when, as I wash my hands, may I appreciate this water and these little gathas, like everywhere you go um, to, to prompt us towards remembering to be appreciative. And it, it sounds uh, sounds very similar to what you're what you're doing there, you know, just like giving yourself a chance to appreciate everything. And then I guess as you do that, you just you're just noticing like how good this feels, right? And how connected it feels like with your world. So it's it's helping you to practice it more. Exactly, and I love that you brought that up because the feeling is such an important component of that if we don't you can be grateful for something you can say i'm grateful for this water um but it's only at one level right it's a Mm. very quick little blip but if you feel it it becomes Mm. a part of you and that's the stuff that sinks into your bone marrow and becomes something that you know you almost you're rewarding yourself for taking the time for being grateful and that's so important because if anybody, you know, anybody listening right now, if you can, if you can be grateful for something, and even if you just write it in at the end of the day, or you do it throughout your day, try to remember to feel it, because that's the stuff that's going to sink into your memory banks. And that's the stuff that's really going to stick with you and keep you on this practice, because it's life changing if you really stick with it. So, Carl, I want to ask you about your, um, you know, in the in the Mindful Mama podcast, I often ask people about their own upbringing, how you were parented. Um, what what do you do you feel comfortable t- sharing with us? What what were what was your parents' parenting style like? And then I and then it'd be interesting to see like how this gratitude practice has sort of shifted yours. And I guess I'm interested because, you know, we've had a lot of conversations also about men right now, right? Um, your father in the U.S. And uh, we ha- we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, since uh, Me Too movement and talking about how um, men are taught in our culture to stuff everything down, to not feel any feelings. And I've been noticing a lot as I teach mindful parenting and I do this work that it's hard, the, the work of mindful parenting, a lot of it is having mindfulness and awareness of your feelings. And you're talking about connecting to your own thoughts and feelings. And we, you know, men are not taught to do that. And so this idea of connecting with when you do this, this makes me feel this way is really, really hard for a lot of men who are encountering this work. So I'm curious about you, how you're raised, and and whether this this work that you're talking about of connecting to the thoughts and the feelings that are arising in the present moment was 
something that was really new to, was sort of foreign to you because of the because of that upbringing or maybe not yeah and yeah i i talk about this in the book as well um my father was a tough german he was born right after world war ii um they moved when he was 12 out of germany to australia um, and they had a tough time there. So they moved from Australia to uh, Pennsylvania um, when he was 17. Um, his dad, um, to put it lightly, was a bully, I think. Um, and uh, my dad had a lot of those tendencies as well, uh, very much softened from his dad. Um, but still, I think... Um, a lot of the upbringing that I had, um, I've suffered, uh, through, uh, yeah, kind of that lack of connection to my thoughts and feelings. I think as boys, you know, especially in sports, we're told to stuff these feelings away. Um, you know, if fathers, you know, we, we don't really, my dad couldn't say, I love you. Um, because he never grew up that way. And so I would say, I love you. And he would say me too. Um, it was his way of saying, acknowledging it. Um, he, he was a great father. I learned so much from him. Um, but I also learned how not to be a father as well. Um, I, uh, hug my kids. I show them a lot of affection. Um, that came later in life with my dad. It was more like, you know, tough it out, you know, um, you know, you know, you have to be strong to survive type of attitude. Uh, my mom was Icelandic and kind of grew up in a different culture. Uh, the women, um, have, uh, they come from a, a lineage of, uh, women having, uh, more, uh, I want to say power, um, and, uh, authority as well as, um, you know, you, it's, you're not necessarily, um, you don't take the husband's name, um, you mm -hmm. keep your own. Um, and I think just a lot of little nuances. So it was this kind of weird German and Icelandic clash in my household. It wasn't like from um, one culture. So it was definitely very confusing at times. My mom would say, you know, let him speak. And, and my dad was the, the old school of like, kind of spoke when you're spoken to. Um, he softened as I got older. Um, I feel like, you know, it took me maybe a good 10, 15 years to kind of build up my confidence uh, to where I was at a, a, you know, acceptable level of where I want it to be. Um, and uh, the gratitude uh, practice came about because I don't think um, I really appreciated myself. Uh, I, um, I talk about, um, uh, not in the book, but I talk about the four levels of gratitude um, on my blog. And um, it starts with sharing gratitude. Um, sorry, it starts with surrounding gratitude, then sharing, um, then self, and then spiritual. Surrounding is the easiest because it's uh, very tactile. I can take a sip of water and appreciate it. Um, self gets harder because now you're talking about an interaction with somebody. I mean, sorry, sharing gets harder because now you're talking about an interaction with somebody. So if I say, you know, you're really asking great questions and I have really enjoyed this interview so far, 
Um, it's, I don't know, you know, it, it usually people take it well, but sometimes people are like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you notice that at work, like, thank you. Thank you for doing this, you know, this report. And people are like, yeah, that's my job. Like, that's such a common answer in um, American as well as European culture. And I would probably say all over the world, like, um, and we forget, like, wait, no, like, this, someone's thanking me. And we almost just push it aside, like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's connecting, coming back to connecting to your thoughts and feelings. Like, we need to be able to take appreciation from other people and give it to others because that's how you build really strong relationships it's it starts that's how love starts and and that deflecting even it's people kind of think of it as like i'm not being uh i'm not i i'm not being i don't know you know um proud or something like that but it's 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 kind of disrespectful to if you're the sender of that message of gratitude because they're they won't receive your message yes yeah and then they don't so uh, what's really cool about gratitude is it it creates dopamine boosts so if i'm feeling grateful uh, there's this uh, a small dopamine boost that kind of lifts us up and energizes us and that's what's cool about gratitude is it's a there's what I like to think of as an infinite source of energy to it because, um, and I'll get to the other parts of gratitude in just a bit, but um, there's a uh, way power and willpower. And as everybody knows, when you've been shopping and you're making choices in a grocery store, and as you check out, you see that Snickers bar, that candy bar at the checkout, and you're like, I deserve it. I'm tired. I need something for the way home. Um, that's your willpower is, is, has been depleted by making all those choices. But if you use way power and way power is understanding your why. So if you know that you're not a type of person who buys candy bars at checkouts, like that's who you are. Like, no, that's not what I do. That's not who I am. I don't want to buy this candy bar because I want to stay healthy. You're understanding your why and you're using way power. You're, you're understanding that the big picture of it. And so that's so important when we think about gratitude because gratitude taps into that way power. It gives us that pause. Way, W-A-Y? Uh-huh. Like the way. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just, you know, I wasn't yeah. sure if it was like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, can, cool. I, uh, I have an article I can uh, send you um, about it. And I have this uh, a little link uh, for people to, download some freebies after at the end of this but um what i really i, I think is important is is these little subtle nuances of how to um use these tactics in in different ways to help us stay energized and motivated um, can be really powerful so um but coming back to the four levels of gratitude so surrounding sharing and then self I struggle with self. So I kept a, gra- a self-gratitude journal for 30 days. And if anybody has ever tried this, it is one of the most awkward journal entries that you can do, <laughs> especially if you grew up Lutheran and <laughs> not taught to appreciate yourself. Um, 
Uh, it doesn't come naturally to me. I've just started to kind of tap into this. Um, but keeping a self-gratitude journal is uh, a real eye-opener um, because as you write them, um, that uh, what I like to call my inner bully, I call him Arnold because he sounds <laughs> Arnold. like my, Arnold. He sounds like my dad who is German <laughs> and my nine-year-old self, I've morphed these two together. And so uh, they're like, no, you know, you don't deserve to have feel grateful for that. Or no, did you really do a good job at that? Like that negative inner voice comes in um, and it's, it's, it all of a sudden it opens up this Pandora box um, of, you know, thoughts and feelings and coming back full circle to your stuffing them down. I stopped stuffing them down and I started writing them out in the self-gratitude and it really opened my eyes. Um, and then it, from self, I realized, uh, you know, that's when spiritual gratitude, you know, kind of coming back to my roots of Lutheran, I started uh, praying. Um, I now pray to my dad uh, each night. And uh, one of the things I practice with my kids, uh, we have Opa Angel. So Opa is grandfather in Germany. So that's the, the mm -hmm. name they use is Opa. And so what we have is Opa Angel. And each night, we practice uh, talking to Opa Angel so he can send up our gratitude and um, what we like to do uh, the next day. So the idea is every night before we go to bed, we talk about uh, things we're grateful for. And each, so my two, usually start with my five-year-old because he always wants to go first. And then my 10-year-old goes, and then either I go or my wife goes. And we do this as a family. And we talk about what we're grateful for um, because uh, what's really important is, and I know I'm packing a lot of stuff in, in here, but at the end of the day, if you can focus on gratitude because the most impactful thing, so we can't really decide what the most impactful thing is. And it's usually a negative thing. Um, so to offset it, uh, I like to help. I, I tell people to write gratitude at the end of the day. Because what you're doing then is you're sleeping and storing those long-term thoughts and feelings into your memory banks. And you are either, um, if you're thinking negative thoughts, like worried thoughts, that's the stuff you wake up feeling. If you go to bed thinking positive thoughts and thoughts of how you did things well that day or things you're grateful for, you're going to sleep better and you're going to wake up with more energy. And so that's what I'm trying to do for my kids is give them this ritual. So hopefully when they're 16 and they're going through uh, puberty and hormones are pumping, they have something that they can lean on when they're feeling completely down and um, beating themselves up. Mm. What do you say to the people who worry that, that, they won't be motivated to do well in the world or to do good things if they aren't hard on themselves? I think that's a great question. And I think it comes back to the way power. Um, so uh, uh, The Power of Habit uh, by David DiSteno um, has uh, scientific facts that uh, research, I should say, that basically shows that gratitude actually um, empowers you. Um, so when you can 
pause and think grateful thoughts, what ends up happening is you're tapping into way power and you're allowing yourself to think about why, you know, whenever you're great, like, let's say your kid wakes up at 4 a.m., pees his bed, the probably 25-year-old me or 30-year-old me would have been like, I, I can't handle this. I'm tired. I don't want to get out of this bed. Um, but now the 43-year-old me pops out of bed actually excited and grateful to go and help my son at 4 o'clock in the morning change his sheets and get him back into bed and uh, take him to the bathroom, get him back in bed, and then go back to sleep again. And I've noticed um, I wake up, I fall asleep easier because I'm not angry. I'm not angry at him. I'm not angry at the situation. Um, my emotions are calm. Um, I usually can fall back to sleep in about five minutes or so, get my, my relatively full night's rest. Um, and so what I've noticed is same thing when tackling big projects, like writing that book, um, came so much easier than my first book did. This is my second book. My first book was a grind. I used willpower to get through it. Um, this book, I focused on what the outcome could be, how it could help people, how it was helping me. And that was the way power I needed to keep moving forward on it and keep taking these little steps every day that allowed me to finish it and allowed me to get it out in the world. And that's why I'm on your podcast right now because of that. And so I'm so lucky because of that. And I feel so grateful that, you know, I can, you know, use, use these ideas and help teach other people how to use them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's plenty of, research also on self-compassion, right? From Kristen Neff, which has a, a, a lot to do with that, that being kind on ourselves at, to ourselves actually helps us to take more risks and do things that are like writing a book and do things that are challenging and hard because we give ourselves this soft landing and that when we are hard on ourselves, it, we are people who are hard on themselves actually are, are less prone to, to be taking risks and going out of that, out of that comfort zone. So, so Carl, how, um, how would you say this has impacted your, your parenting? How, how, is, how has this uh, shifted things for you and your family and the way you relate to your boys? Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I fell into the habits that uh, my father did. And my, like, I get, my dad was far from perfect, but he, you know, had a lot of love in his heart. Um, he showed it differently. Um, he, he, you know, was very focused on work. Uh, you know, he was born in 47. So, you know, that was, a, you know, guys uh, then were kind of old school, didn't really, you know, um, spend a lot of time with their boys. I think it was starting to change in the 80s um, and, you know, into the 90s. And now um, with so many different movements and, and um, you know, uh, so much, uh, research coming out about the importance of the father in the household. I um, I realized that I needed to make the change, and I, I started that gratitude journal to have a better relationship with myself. But it's really helped me have better relationship with my boys. Um, I tell them things I'm grateful for. Uh, I 
probably can count in my hand or maybe both hands how many times my dad said thank you to me in our 40 year uh, journey together. Um, I remember when we were in the driveway, he had a motorcycle, a little BMW uh, 660cc. So it was, it was a good size motorcycle. Um, and we had a stone driveway and I was talking with him. He was in a bad mood. You know, I was just trying to, um, share something with him. And I remember as he was trying to get it off of the, um, the kickstand, um, it fell to the side and I helped him catch it. So it wouldn't fall. He gave me the look like I was the one that knocked his bike down and like stomped on top of it. And, uh, I remember that and I was like, I don't want to be like that. I mm. want to make sure that, you know, like I'm much more aware and not subject to allowing my, you know, mood to dictate how I treat my kids. And so just through, um, the gratitude practice, um, I've opened up to, you know, being more sharing, um, to giving them warnings. I know my dad, you know, would be like, okay, go clean up your room. And then if I didn't do it on a second time, you know, he would snap and he would kind of rage. Um, he never hit me, but, uh, he definitely scared me, uh, quite often. And so, uh, I noticed times I would kind of get mad or rage and I was, you know, especially my older son. Um, and I was like, okay, this is no, I can't do this. And so, um, I would keep a journal about that and I would uh, keep a journal about how, um, you know, these things affected me and how it affected him and, and just noticing these things. And I think that's the thing is, is that's the first step is just noticing what's going on inside ourselves because once we notice it, then we start to see, you know, how our uh, actions affect other people. And that's when we can start to make choices based on that versus the old things that we've always done. We, you know, we, we do things from a place of, you know, awareness versus, you know, doing it the same way, you know, our parents did it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, love that. I mean, you, you're really talking about that awareness, making us see that this is a relationship, right? And, and, uh, and seeing the, the power of our half of that relationship as well. Um, well, this is awesome, Carl. Uh, I, I want to, of course, give people um, a chance to know where they can find the book, but also maybe a, a tip on how someone can just get started if they're saying, yes, I want this gratitude in my life. This sounds awesome. What, what's oh, a simple way for the listener to start? So um, I would start with an evening routine. Um, and um, if you can, if, if they want to, they can go to bringgratitude.com slash plan. The idea is you've got to have a plan in place of what actions you want to take and try to stick with it for 30 days. So the evening routine could start off super simple. Um, it could start off as just uh, starting with gratitude, writing your gratitude each night um, and then work your way up. And so um, I have this method called SOAR and it's called simplify, observe, appreciate and reflect. So each night I try to simplify my life. I try to get the thoughts out of my head, anything that I'm thinking about that I have to do for tomorrow 
or anything that's bothering me, I write it down. And then I try to clean up one thing in my house. So meaning like if something's on my dresser drawer that shouldn't be there, some clothing or what I try to pick some small little thing to feel like I've simplified my life. And then I observe what's going on. Do I have any tension? Um, if there is tension going on, why is it there? Um, where is it? Can I stretch it out a little bit? Um, and then I, I, I've stopped watching Netflix at night and I've started watching TED Talks or listening to podcasts because I've been listening to your podcast and um, I forget the author that you had on, but he's been teaching parents uh, for many years. Like, I think it was- Dan Siegel? Yes. Yes. Um, oh, brilliant. And so I really enjoyed that interview, but by observing other people, uh, by auger. So one of the key things, people love self-help books, but one of the bad parts is, is if they're too instructive, we don't learn. We learn from observing other people, things they went through. Like if you pick up a biography, you can learn and apply it so much easier because you see what the struggle they've gone through and how they fixed it mm-hmm. versus like, Hey, you know, uh, do this or, Hey, try this. You actually, because it's tied to a story, you're much more likely to apply it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why story is so powerful. If you can tell yourself a story of why you need to do a certain thing, you're so much more likely to do it. Um, and then real quick, A is appreciation. So write down your gratitude. Um, I think writing down, um, starting with surrounding is the best way. Um, and then uh, reflection, you know, what did you do well today? And I think we so often forget to think about what we did well. Um, did I do, you know, how did I do on this interview? You know, of course I'm making mistakes. I'm missing things I probably wished I would have said or I wish I would have made a joke here to lighten the mood a little bit. But the reality is I brought all the energy that I could and I should appreciate that and thinking about that and being grateful for that. And then um, the last thing then is what's one thing you can do tomorrow? Think about what you could do tomorrow to make it just a little bit better. Um, and, And that's just I think questions are so powerful. If you ask yourself some good questions before bed, like what can I do a little bit better or what can I, uh, what did I do well? Um, We are wired to answer questions. We are wired to fill in those gaps. And I think uh, if we can ask those positive questions, we're going to have, we're going to sleep better. We're going to wake up with more energy and we're going to be able to have better relationships because we're starting to have a better relationship with ourselves. Well, Carl, thank you so much. I think that, you know, we're all in a time of, um, we're all in a a really strange and unusual time with this pandemic going around the world. We're all noticing how interconnected that we are in in a kind of negative way, but we are also really interconnected in a positive way in that your practice of gratitude is affecting me and my life and my family's life and now it's affecting the listener's life and and I know that for the listener your your mindset and your practice at home makes a big effect everywhere 
that you touch too and 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 we and we are connected to you and it affects us too so i i thank you carl for doing this work to be so honest and vulnerable and to do this explore, exploration and to to share sharing it with us it, it's been great um i recommend the book bring gratitude check it out everyone <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and you were, you were wonderful. You, you really have a, a really nice way of delivering the questions. And I love how well you listen. You, you really are very thoughtful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm what a powerful episode. He was such a great person to talk to and I love it. So I hope you enjoyed it. If it helped, of course, you know, you know, be share it with friends and subscribe and all those great things. And, um, and I'm, I hope it helps you turn around your mindset in this time. It's such an intense and challenging time. I, I get it. It's, it's not easy, but you know what? Maybe it's making us focus on what's really important. Maybe let's hope, right? Uh, if I want to remind you that if you would like to join me in doing some deep and intimate, awesome work to transform this into a time of thriving, you can check out the coaching group that is going to open at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. There may still be spots as I'm recording this um, as it comes out. And I'm wishing you lots of peace. I'm wishing you time to practice do those meditations you can do it uh you know be present for all that's here you can you are strong you are capable and you are resilient i know that so don't doubt that about yourself you are strong capable and resilient and i believe that about you thank you so so much for listening i wish you the best and i will be back in your inbox next week back with the podcast thanks so much for listening namaste feel like you're the martyr in your family you're not alone hey this is joanne and brie and we're from the no guilt mom podcast brie we talk to a lot of moms yeah we sure do and if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no-guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt Free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.